Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, Jack, we've been doing this for right about two years now. Two years. Yeah. We've completed 100 episodes. This is the 101st episode. Wow. So I never thought I had that much to say. Well, you know, <laughs> I, we probably don't have that much to say. Uh, I, I, to me, the big takeaway is uh, don't listen to us, but yeah. hopefully we're a channel for letting you listen to God, bring you closer to him, because I don't care how wise a person is or how much knowledge they have. Um, you're going to learn more by getting close to God on your own. Yeah. Plus, you know? I feel like um, we owe God our life. We owe the quality of our life and we owe the hope of eternal life to him. And I think sometimes the way people treat him and don't focus on him, don't give him the glory or the credit, I think, that he deserves. Uh, we want to focus on Christ a little bit and on the word and how important he is to us so that maybe someone else will see that uh, we need to take the Lord seriously and uh, be thankful, be grateful, live a life that is uh, filled with gratitude to the Holy God. Or at least so. Amen. Yeah. You know, when it gets right down to it, God's not an afterthought. He's not our invention. Um, we're his invention. Mm -hmm. And so many times I think we look at it the wrong way. Um, you know, people will look at God's plan. And I just heard a pastor here recently use the phrase plan B when he was talking about the redemption plan after the fall of man. I don't think there is a plan there's B. There's no plan B. <laughs> I think there's just a plan there's A. There's no plan B. God knew that we were going to screw up, and he still knows we're going to screw up. And the, the whole point of Jesus coming was basically to say, hey, guys, it's okay. Yeah, You're going to screw up. You did screw up. You're going to screw up again, and you're going to keep screwing up. But you know what? I've got it covered. I've got it covered. He, uh, he truly has it covered because he went to the cross mm -hmm. for us, and um, his blood covers our sins and has made us holy so mm -hmm. that we can be in his presence. I know I met uh, met two men this weekend. Yeah. One a little more than the other. One we contracted to put up a fence because ours was falling down. So we had to have a new fence for the dog, right? Yeah. And uh, so the, the, the fellow that came to put our fence in was a fellow that works for the city. And he was just uh, a delightful person. He just was a nice person, you know. Um, and it was just a joy, you know, to work with him because he work in the rain and just get it done and honest and forthright and just a joy just to be around. And then we briefly met a guy in Sam's Club yesterday and uh, I didn't almost come to blows because I realized I would have gotten hurt by anyone <laughs> over the age of 11. So I need to be careful about that. But uh, we were, you know, it, it was quite crowded in, in Sam's Club yesterday. And so we were doing grocery shopping. And uh, 
Melinda was kind of standing in the aisle. I was, had the had the uh, cart holding me up as I was pushing it around, and she was standing in the aisle. And some guy with his cart came behind her, and I saw it in his eyes, and he he almost pushed it into her, but he said in a very gruff, rude tone, "Get out of the way!" Oh, and I wow. and I just kind of looked at him, and I. Now nah, I just let that go. But, uh, you know, I just said, you know, you can't stand in the aisles around here. There are people that want to go places and get places. But he wasn't pleasant. Yeah. And uh, if you think about that, there weren't a whole lot of pleasant people in the parking lot getting around, pushing their carts around. It was just havoc. And uh, I just wonder if we just slow down and if we just think about how important it is when we engage with people, maybe more important than you getting that cart through and getting your stuff in the cart, getting it paid for, getting out to your car and running over as many people as you possibly can on the way, you know, going as fast as you can. And uh, I just uh, think that that's a little bit about what God brings is not only the big things of forgiveness and redemption, Mm -hmm. but also to just make you kind and um, make you the type of person that's filled with uh, the positive nature of God, the presence of God, instead of being just so oh, so rude and ready to be so self-involved that everyone else is a bother. Everybody else is just difficult because they're in your way, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way we're we're living these days a little bit. Don't want to be a negative, totally person, but no. boy, it's it's out there. There's a lot of it. But attitude is everything, Yeah, you know, and uh, I do find that for me, when when you're isolated from people is when it's the easiest to get that way. And I don't mean like you're in your room by yourself, isolated. I mean, you're in your car and you're not making direct eye contact with that other person. They're just driving. But it's sort of like everyone's anonymous in a sense. And and so you don't look at people with the same kind of value as if it's just you and me sitting here talking. Well, I would even take that a step further. And I've been thinking about this this week uh, a lot. And last week, and you, you talk about sitting around by yourself and then getting, you know, like a slow fade, you know, away from the type of person you're supposed to be, because maybe you've pulled yourself away from the people that uh, are important in your life to, um, emulate Christ with, to walk the Christian walk with. Uh, A lot of people are turning away from coming to church. Um, Maybe maybe the uh, uh, technical aspects of church now, you know, to send it out online. And what it does is it sometimes begins to isolate people. And if you stay isolated from the church, from the people of God, from your disciplers and the ones you're discipling, um, I think a slow fade begins to happen from the type of person that God wants you to be and you want to be to uh, a person that uh, starts to feel sorry for yourself and and uh, you're not doing the things that God's called you to do. You're not being the person that you're supposed to be in Christ. And I think uh, we need to think about that. Talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where, to me, the whole thing about getting closer to Christ and focusing on Him Mm -hmm. is important because, you know, our fruit as believers, it it shouldn't be something that we force or something that, you know, like works in the sense of, oh, I have to do this thing. No, it should be a natural outcropping of our attitude and our abiding in Christ. Mm -hmm. Because if you get closer to Jesus, you can't help but start to act like him. And that's what you want to be. It's, it, you know, we see this a little bit with celebrity in the sense that, like, if you got a little kid that's looked up to a baseball player, for example, when they get close to that player and they, they watch that player, they want to be like that player, you know? They want to be fast like that guy. They want to be athletic like that guy. They want to be able to hit the home runs like that guy. It's it's the same, only even more with Jesus. When you get close to Him, you want to be you want to have love for other people like He does. And that, honestly, if we're being honest, I think that's one of our biggest struggles because I'll see people, and I'll think. Jesus loves that person. They don't seem very lovable to me. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to understand. And and he is. he kind of received people. It like yeah. sometimes I think it shocked the disciples. Uh, little children, mamas bringing their kids. Mama wants Jesus to hold my child or see my child. The disciples saying, no, you need to get those kids out of here. Of course, Jesus says, King James, suffer the little children to come into me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, he, he did that. It's like the, you said, the, the athlete that gets, gets really good at what he's doing. And then he becomes kind of like the hero. And then the little kid, you know, wants to bring his ball or his mitt or, or the program to have him sign it. And if he takes the time to do that, I think it's amazing how that can, uh, right. really help the young child who's there and, it, and, and even intensify that with, with Christians or with Christ uh, to be that kind of person who receives instead of, uh, you know, get so self-important that we just don't have time. And I think that is the most important time that we have. Really. What is it? I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I'm asking because I'm I won't not know. remembering. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, neither one of us know. But, I won't know. But do you remember the passage in Isaiah where it, it says something to the effect that that God has written your name? It's like he's 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 taken your autograph. Mm, I you see know? what you're saying. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like he loves you like that little kid looks at that baseball yeah, player in a sense um, because it's like he's written his, our names on his heart well I know that uh, I heard a preacher one time say you know if you have set a time aside every day to meet with Jesus look at it this way your daily quiet time is a time to enter into your quiet room with Jesus and it's like he gets up every morning and he's waiting and if you forget or you're just too tired. Uh, how do you think it feels, this is what the preacher said, if, if you don't show up and then you just kind of miss out on the habit and you just stop doing it, how hurtful is that to Jesus? How long would you have a friend if, you, if we agreed to meet at a certain time every morning and then I stopped showing up, didn't call you, didn't let you know, 
pretty soon, it's like, well, I guess he's not coming. And I think sometimes we have that relationship with each other as well as that kind of relationship with Christ where uh, we need to seek him, seek his face. I mean, the Bible's filled with scriptures that say, you know, you will seek him and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. I know Jesus came to this earth that God comes and seeks and saves the lost. Mm -hmm. But we are also, aren't we, to seek him, ask, seek, knock. And uh, all of these scriptures that talk about that. And sometimes I think we just don't have. um, I don't know if it's the love, the desire or what it is to honestly want to be in the presence of Christ, be in the presence of God. Like Jesus did, his father always was taking time to pull aside to, to come into the presence of the father. And I think that's really essential. I'm finding that essential in my situation now because you know, when you retire, you tend to have a lot of time to yourself. My wife left for work this morning and she said, well, enjoy your day. I have to go to work, you know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I've actually started writing some things and, and I had not wanted to do this because I have no idea where it's going to go in my mind because my mind is kind of twisted and uh, it goes a twisted <laughs> way. But um uh, just just maybe so that the grandchildren and the family will know because there's so much yeah. and I'm off on a tangent, but no. forgive me. But um, uh, I know so little about my parents when they were young before I was here. Mm-hmm. Um, you I don't remember. Any I, of that, well, so. they didn't tell me anything. <laughs> I'm just joking because you weren't I, there. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but I, I know. But they never told me is That's my right. point. Yeah. I had a friend who, uh, they were talking about a picture from her mom and dad's wedding, and she says, I don't remember them being there. Well, you weren't there. <laughs> she wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, for instance, some big things. Like, for instance, both of my parents were raised in broken homes. Uh, and this is way back, you know, like probably in the 1920s and 30s. Mm-hmm. We didn't see it as much, but both my mom and dad's parents were divorced. My dad was raised by his mom and his stepdad and his brother and sister were raised by another family member, dad in Muncie, Indiana, my uncle and aunt in Winchester, Indiana. And I don't know the circumstances around that. They never told me. I never asked. And so... Well, there was probably a little bit of a fear in, in what you would hear, too, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Well, Jack, one of the things I want to do today... Um, is I just want to kind of reminisce a little bit about what we've talked about over the last two years. Can you guys believe it's been two Two years years we've been doing this now? So um, I've I've got my little iPad flipped open here with the the whole list. Um, And, uh, you know, if you want to browse these, the website's very easy. It's just jackandjohnpodcast.com. And you can and, listen to all of them. And at, at the very beginning, <laughs> our very first one was just, hello. Hello. <laughs> Here we are. This is, yeah. And then we, we actually talked about what's your life verse, um, anxiety, more on life verses. And uh, I remember that you couldn't remember the <clears throat> reference for your life verse. I couldn't. I thought that was hilarious. 
you know? One of my favorite episodes. I, I've, I've never had any pretense about being perfect, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah. Sorry to bring that up. No, no. <laughs> you, We're just you, keeping it you real. You started it. <laughs> just keeping it real. So, um, yeah, with Welcome Home. Let's see. That was the, oh, yeah, the uh, Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so many neat little insights. Um, oh, God, where are you? That was a tough one. Because sometimes, you know, we're questioning where God is because, and this is a big one, um, especially right now because we've got this whole deconstruction thing going on. And I don't want to sound critical of that, okay? And, and here's the reason why I say that. You know, if you're um, sort of a, a Gen Z growing up in the church and um, now you feel like, ah, I'm just not buying it. Um, I think that's on us because, you know, when I was uh, growing up, I, my mom did a good job of trying to teach me not only not teaching me what to believe, but teaching me why, why do you believe what you believe? And not, not just teaching me that, but getting me to ask the questions, because I think for a lot of young people and young Christians, Kids have grown up in the church and have drifted away. Part of the whole deconstruction thing is them asking the question, where's God? Well, and I think sometimes uh, we don't listen to the Gen Z Mm -hmm. folks, just like they don't listen to the boomers and, you know, the folks that come after that. If we're not listening... Then we're not communicating. To the boomers? Well, is anybody? No, they don't. Li- I'm a boomer. No, this is no, one of my favorite I tell you, nobody can see. My wife and I are born just in years right next to each other. So she's she's but, a boomer, and I'm a, a Generation X. <laughs> and you think that that's right down the line because <laughs> so of the birth? <laughs> anyway, no, I, I I just think that we need to listen to each other because we can learn something Absolutely. from one another, you know, whether you agree or not, especially well, if you don't agree. And I think we're in a yeah. culture that, if uh, you know, is just filled with people who, if they don't agree, they don't want to hear a thing you want to say. They, that you're well, saying. if they don't agree with something you said 20 years ago, they don't want to hear anything you have to say. But I've changed in the last 20 yeah. years. I would say different yeah. things. No, I'm just saying about certain things. But the nature of the cancel culture is it doesn't matter what you're saying now. It's that thing you did, you know, whenever you, you can't undo it. You can't yeah. get away from it. But no, I, I do think listening is the important thing and getting people to ask themselves, and you know, and ask God the right questions. Because um, I could tell you one thing that I've learned in the last few decades is to not be as strong in my opinions because I've discovered <laughs> well so many times that I've been wrong. The opinion, the opinions, I will tell you, the opinions that were against what I wanted to do as a 50s, 60s kid, you know, I came in with rock and roll. Sure. You know, because the British invasion in 1964, where here come the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and then everybody you know and then rock and roll was the big thing and um, it was seen as rebellion 
Uh, the interesting thing is they were upset at the Beatles' haircuts, but the Beatles really had short haircuts compared to what it eventually became, and they mm-hmm. wore suits, and they bowed after they finished singing. I mean, there were so many really positive things, but you throw throw out the whole uh, generation of people because they think that you think certain ways about things that they feel strongly about. Here's my example. You used to like to go to dances in high school. Loved to dance. It was great. We had a lot of fun in the dances. It was kind of like the footloose thing, you know. I mean, we just got together and we danced. We had a lot of fun and, you know, there's no harm, no foul. But I remember Mr. Pennington, who was the missionary to, at that time, um, not Zimbabwe, but Rhodesia. uh, Rhodesia. And uh, oh, Jack he, Pennington, Jack he, he was from the Largo Church, mm-hmm. Largo Christian Church, and very good friends of mine, Peggy, good friend, his, his sons, all of them. And, uh, but he would say, in Africa, what you kids are doing, and this is what he would say, he would say, <laughs> he would say, that's what the Africans do when they're doing their dances around the campfire, and then they go off into the dark together, and I'm going... Mr. Pennington, we're just having a good time, <laughs> you know, but he, he uh, left out the part that that's also what they do when they're giving their offering at church. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the women would all, it's sort of like a Congo line. They'd all get in a line and dance and had a big basket up front Yeah, and they would dance around and then put their offering. But he was saying the they wouldn't give basket. their offering. They would go out and, yeah. you know, together. But, you know, the, the, the reality of it there is, we can twist anything that God has designed guess so. to be beautiful and make it bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it that whatever it is necessarily is bad. Um, well, I would say I, I'll stick my neck out, and we're going to lose twenty seven thousand <laughs> listeners now. But uh, here, here's something. Here's the old man coming out. But I can accept tattoos, piercings. I understand that. It, uh, you know, I understand the Old Testament, don't paint your, I know, and applying that to tattoos. But you know what? Tattoos are no issue with me. I don't have any, but it's not an issue with me. But living together out of wedlock is an issue to me. Mm-hmm. And I would accept your tattoos and your piercings, but I'd like to talk to you in love mm-hmm. about what the scripture says about living together before marriage. Th- those kind of things sure. are, are difficult to get into conversations with people about. But it is difficult. And I also think that there are times when those lines do get a little blurred. Um, and I'll give you, for instance, um, you know, we, we want to think of marriage as one man married to one woman, Right. But when we were in Africa, um, you'd have a man that had seven or eight wives, okay? And then that man becomes a Christian. There were missionaries that said, well, you can only have one wife. So he just turned seven of those women into prostitutes. 
becomes a tremendously difficult issue. Yeah. It's not it's not cut and dried and it's not easy, but there takes some teaching and some yeah. growth and and, and I do mm-hmm. think that there has to be a point where you really have to sort of work that out. I agree. With God. I agree. Um, because both of those things don't fit perfectly um, with, with what God wants. Now, the other thing is, it's one thing, in my mind, if you've got a young couple who's grown up in the church, you know, they, they've gotten baptized and they love the Lord and all this stuff, and then they live together. Whereas you get another couple that never knew they live together and they start coming to church and they become Christian. I, I can't really get too dogmatic about that. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you're talking about the great women of faith in the Bible, everybody always talks about Ruth. Okay. But nobody wants to talk about Ruth sleeping with Boaz to get him to, to be her yeah. husband. And yeah. I, you know, and I'm not condoning it and saying, oh, that's great. But so obviously God was able to accept her despite that. Yeah. You know? So you, well, it's it, like I said, it's it's a difficult situation that we've got yeah, ourselves into. That very we've much, to very much. And I think that the to me the bottom line takeaway is, yeah, look to God and what He wants and what His design is for your life, um, but also understand that He sees us in our greatest weaknesses. Yeah. But my fear is that we accept things to the point. That no one knows right. and no one sees, you know yeah, what I, what God what God's will, that. ultimate perfect will is. It's like I get it. I mean, you know, it, it's to be perfectly holy, but obviously we're sinners saved by grace. So it's a conundrum. It's right. it, it's a difficult thing. Yeah. So, so um, we spent a lot of time, and we. I haven't even gotten up to episode. Uh, yeah, I'm yet. sorry. We just kind of got on a we conversation. Really, we really got tangential <laughs> there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, you know what? I I think rather than keep beating these guys up on it, we probably ought to just let them go for a minute. Okay. And we can pick up and do another episode of reminiscing. All right. Without as much rambling, maybe. <laughs> Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for putting up with us. Um, I really hope that in, in our musings and our ramblings that that you get some value out of it that helps point you back to Jesus. Because uh, the reason why we get messed up and tangled up in all of these things that get blurry is because we don't keep our focus yeah. on Him. One of the things I want to say before we leave it is the danger of making Jesus into something he isn't. Absolutely. Because we don't like what he said here, or we don't like this, you know, this teaching. And so we change the teaching and be careful not to change, you know, to the point that you're changing him to be some other kind of a savior. What has happened historically and still happens today, spiritually and figuratively, is that when people decide that Jesus isn't the guy they thought he was or they don't like him as he is, they crucify him. Yeah. There you go. There's a good ender. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, we'll leave you with that. We'll see you guys next time.